Every four months, you're updating your resume. <laughs> what is the driving force behind constantly doing things? Um, And I've had this conversation, too, you know, and I think that, like, true in life, true in sport, it's kind of easy to get caught up if you're chasing things, right? And I'm not a big chaser. I just think about the impact I can have, right, through the work that I'm doing. So my big motivating force this last year, um, and I'm, like, super like grateful. I think gratitude is important too that I've had an experience or the opportunity to work with like Carney, Nebraska youth um, through strength and conditioning. Um, it's just like how can we impact the next generation um, whether it's research, whether it's teaching, um, whether it's getting involved in these different organizations um, and that that's really like my my driving force is like okay, we have to leave it better than we found it. Somebody, Somebody's got to do it. I don't want to be I don't want to quote David Goggins, but somebody's got to carry the boats, right? Yeah, baby, we in this we in this place right now, okay? What's up? Good morning, everyone. How you doing? Uh, I am your host of the show, uh, the Ugly Franco. I'm here with Dr. Quincy Johnson. Uh, let's see what we've got for an intro. This is the Carney Combat Cavern. Okay, this is the first time we're ever doing this, so you're along for the ride, just like we are. All right. Quincy Johnson is a master of science sciences, and he has a PhD of sciences. He is an expert in health and wellness, and has several publications in peer-reviewed journals. He has presented to multiple professional venues, such as the American College for Sports Medicine the National Strength and Conditioning Association, and the World's World Scientific Congress on Golf. Okay. He's taught undergrad and graduate classes. He has 14 manuscripts published. And this is a big one right here. He's founded the Total Health's Cancer Optimizing Recovery Endeavor. We're going to talk about it. He works athletes. He works with athletes of all maturity levels and has coached some youth Olympic level athletes. He's also worked with professional athletes and everything in between. When I grow up today, when I grow up someday, I want to be Dr. Quincy Johnson. Thanks for coming, dude. Hey, thank you for having Welcome me. Welcome to the show. Appreciate Welcome to the it. show. Thank you. How you feeling today? I saw you drinking some water. You have any coffee today? You started off with water every day. Water every day. Stay hydrated out of here. That's um, right. Probably get that a little closer. Right here. Yeah. Test, 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 test. Yeah, right yep, up there right like there. that. Yep, that's how they yeah. like it. Yeah, we start off with water today. Uh, Rich and I, we joke. A couple weeks ago, we had a nitro cold brew, and it did not. My stomach did not handle that well. I didn't. I wasn't familiar with the nitro cold brew. I didn't know that it was the strongest. Oh yeah, coffee that Starbucks made before yeah. I drunk it. So uh, yeah, it'll mess you up. So, yeah, I wouldn't. We're, we're doing water today. <laughs> water today. Yeah, dude, I know. Richard, he's a crazy guy, dude. One time, first thing in the morning, I saw him shooting nitro cold beer in the back of his knee with a syringe. So yeah. that's how he just likes it, you know? I didn't know, man. That's how he is. He's wild. <laughs> he's wild, man. Okay, so enough about that. No, I'm just kidding. That's what this whole thing is. We're talking. Um, Let's go back to the beginning for you. Let's just slow it down, kind of. Like, you know, where were you born? All that stuff. We won't spend too much time on it, but give me your origin story a little bit. My origin story. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, thank you. How did again. you come? How did you turn into the Wolverine, oh, man? Oh, man, I don't know. It just <laughs> happened slowly then all at once, I guess, you know. Um, well, first, thank you again for having me on the podcast. Appreciate it. 
Thank you, Richard. Thank you, Richard, for letting us do this. Thanks, Coach. Appreciate in your house. I um, guess the origin story is it depends on how much time you have, right? Because it's a long, well, yeah, long, yeah. Long, but give, know, give us the gist but, of it um, in like three minutes or less, yeah, you know, so whatever. I uh, <laughs> I grew up in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, and okay, right, um, right. I credit my parents for a lot of my success and just for raising me the right way. So um, they always valued prioritized education. So believe it or not. I have a younger sibling, a sister, but we spent a ton of time at the libraries. We spent a ton of time reading books outside of class, more so than playing sports. Um, I did play sports from five, six years old, all the way up through college. Um, right. had, had some great success. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, played soccer, t-ball, basketball, wrestle, ran track and field. There you go. Through. Um, play football. I mean, so you name it, I did it. Power lifted, and um, so I, I credit my parents a ton. And I, I'm big on giving people their their flowers while they're still here. So I had to give them their flowers. You know. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So they put uh, a ton of energy and effort into me, um, and also they instilled some really great core values, some really great guiding principles, and a lot of those things I lean on, like even now today. He's um, a family man. What family can I man. say? You know, when you said that you were in the library a lot as a kid, that doesn't surprise me because you're very well versed. Like you're well, like, like you speak well, you know, Thank you You know, you seem like a smart guy. So it's like, that's not surprising at all. (laughs) But then to hear that you're an athlete later, it's like, okay, come on, pick one. What do you want to be a nerd or do you want to be a gangster? Okay. And you were both. Both. You can do it both. This guy, man, Um, I tell you what. So that's kind of like the early origins and up until recent. Um, So I played football through college, and the goal was once I'm done playing ball, we'll we'll see where this career goes. So two-time, well, even before that, I was a two-time national champion in high school, one-time state champion in powerlifting, and then I was on a state championship football team, um, yeah, in 09. So I'm talking uh, about. Yeah, yeah. So I've always been um, competitive. Uh, whether it's classroom, whether it's athletics, and then once the athletic career ended um, after college, two-time team captain, all-conference selection, that was it. Wasn't going to the league, you know, unfortunately. Right. And had to come to come to truth, come to grips with that. and uh, start It happens. Coaching. Happens that for a lot of people, you know. Happens, right? And so it was tough, like adjusting and transitioning. Yeah. But um, yeah. I found a great mentor in Mark Snow. I didn't really – Want to be like a strength coach? Didn't really want to go into health, human performance. I wanted to be a physician assistant, right? And, okay, uh, okay, all right. He he and uh, he encouraged me. Well, invited me to come out and work with Midland U Cheer and Dance. We were doing some functional movement screening and uh, just some basic stuff. And they went on to win a national championship that year. By no means was I was I like the secret ingredient. But once you see, like, wow, okay. This is interesting. It's 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 a hundred percent interesting because everywhere you go, there's success. So there's success. So when you said, <laughs> "Yeah, they were," I was, they, you know, my football team was competitive. They won the state championship. You were on the state, state championship, championship team. Okay, so everything you're doing, if it's not the highest level, then you don't want it. Right. That's what we want to talk. That this is the kind of people we want to talk to on this show. Okay, this is it, baby. All right, exactly. keep going. Keep exactly. Going. Keep going. Um, then after that, I had a great friend. His brother actually just won, I want to say, the middleweight LFA championship belt. Um, Your brother name. did? No, the next guy, the next oh, athlete okay. that I trained. So oh, okay. Midland University Spirit were, like, that was my first experience. Like, 
I don't know a ton, but yeah. I know enough. Yeah, yeah. And I've been an athlete, and it's just like cheer and dance. Like, <laughs> if you can squat, and you can step, and you can push, you can pull. Yeah. With lightweight to moderate weight, then you're good. Makes sense. And then the next step was training a wrestler. His name is James Jones. Um, he was coming off of an ACL injury. And I had knew him um, through the little athlete circle. Everybody knows everyone. He's like, hey, yeah. can you help me get back in shape? I want to compete this year. Like, sure. I'll help you out. And he ended up All-American. Um, really? Earning All-American accolades that year. Like, huh. Okay. I don't know everything again, but I, I think I know enough. To be successful at this. and um, So that was your first time really coaching somebody? Yeah, really, okay. really coaching somebody. Um, it's like, okay. The next step and was. You, and you went into it with the mentality, I don't know everything, but I'm going to do my best. Yeah, and I was just I'm going to just give it a go. I have his original workouts on my laptop, and even then, um, I titled it like Championship Blueprint. So even then, like, you know, <laughs> hey. so it was already like, it was hey. written, I guess. You didn't um, title it third place? No way. You didn't title no it way. everybody gets a second place, everybody's a winner? No way. Championship Blueprint. All the way. All the way. This guy. Yep. And then um, 2015 is when I found it, Midland University Powerlifting. Then at that time, we were a club program. So we had seven lifters, but I was the coach, I was a bus driver. And this is year what? This is 2015. Okay. This is 2015, so I've gotten a little experience, right? Okay. Up until this point, and um, with my background in powerlifting as an athlete. So I, huh, I want to compete again, but I also want to include others on the journey, right? Um, And I think that's important. Maybe we'll talk about it. It's just like mentorship and, like, the next generation. And so those are things I'm doing today. Um, But even then, it was like, hmm, let's start this powerlifting club. I see the value in it. And um, they were very receptive of it at Midland, and we had a pretty successful first year. We went to five different meets, five different organizations. At our first meet, we broke 26 state records with our seven lifters, and then we went on to qualify all of our lifters for nationals. So I'm an undergrad student at this time. I'm 22. Right. I was wondering, what, how yeah, old were you? Yeah, about 22 and um, former athlete and had enough understanding yeah. With training and how right. to approach it and how to develop athletes. And um, from there, I was called into the big office after our powerlifting season ended. I was called to meet with President Horner. Right, once um, you turn their heads. Yeah, one, so President Horner <laughs> and Dave Gillespie, I think, was athletic director and a few others brought me in, you know. And, again, I'm a senior in college. And they're like, right, oh, right. Quincy, can you tell us about this powerlifting team that, that you have, the powerlifting yeah. club? And yeah, so yeah. I kind of run it down. Yeah. And I even hosted a, a meet, powerlifting meet there at Midland at 22. I might be the youngest meet director in the U.S. That's got to be a record. Know. That's got to be a record. Know. Somebody, if you find that out, we might find that later. Yeah, so there. At 22, you directed a powerlifting meet? 22, directed a powerlifting meet. We had and you're the coach lifters. of the, and you're coaching, and coaching the Midland team. Yeah, yeah. And so uh, all right, all right. Okay. coordinated it, all directed right. it. Not making um, me feel bad about my 22 yeah, year self at all. You're, you're okay. It's all good. You're okay. It's not over. <laughs> Job's not done yet. Um, so, yeah, pitched it to them, and they're like, So, do you see value? Do you think there's potential? And this being a scholarship program, like, yes, of course, 100%. Um, in Nebraska, it may be um, maybe underdeveloped, but in the southern states like Texas, Oklahoma, Arkansas, you have some of the best lifters um, in the nation. At the oh, high school yeah. level, so um, oh yeah, so that's kind of my start into where I am today, right? That's kind Very of long nice. story short. After that, I end up coming 
going back to Oklahoma. So I went to Oklahoma State University, mm. started my Master of Science um, in Health Human Performance. Mm. Interesting aspect there is like I was encouraged to pursue higher education from a mentor slash professor, Jeff Field, who's a Hall of Fame softball coach, baseball coach from Midland University. He's like, really? I gave a presentation in class. He's like, Quincy, I don't know if you're interested, but the way you presented this information, you would be a really good educator. I'm like, oh, stop it. You, you, don't, you don't mean that. Really? He's like, yeah. You know, and. Uh, Blushing. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, oh. Doing a little oh. spin with his skirt, <laughs> holding it down. No, stop. Yep. And so uh, he kind of recommended that I applied to a couple schools and kind of talked to family. And my mom missed me. She wanted me to come closer to home. I used that as an excuse okay. for why I went to OSU. But, right. So uh, you didn't want to stay at Midland? Um, I got offered, but I kind of had a feeling like there's something more. Like I'm enjoying strength and conditioning. Mm-hmm. And um, Tim Anderson is their head coach, and he's from Fremont. And so I met him at a meet. And, you know, he's a legend in the powerlifting game. Not mm. only has he won national championships, but he's also been the head coach of junior national championship teams. Really? Um, yeah. So so with that, it was like – um, yeah. I think that I'm going to pursue something else um, just so that way in the future I can already, like, further myself. You know what I mean? So yeah, if yeah. I if I just start coaching now, then it's going to be harder to go get, you know. Yeah, no, totally. I'm not advocating to stay. I was just like, what was right. what was the mentality? Yep, yep, so I graduated and then, yeah. yeah, finished my degree. Like, okay, heading back home. And, uh, yep, OSU got there. And pretty much started working for free. You'll hear that a lot if you talk to strength coaches is um, we work for free for a lot of our time. But it's actually common. Rich and I were talking like artists, right? Yeah. Like um, startup entrepreneurs, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, like everybody, you have to start somewhere. Dude, yeah, you don't, you, you have to earn it. You have to earn it. Yeah. It's really hard to walk into anywhere, no matter how good you are. Right. And just get respect. And get the paycheck. Right. And you know, you, you gotta, you're going to get the respect most times before the paycheck shows up. Right. And that's why the, sh- the paycheck shows up. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So that's, it was the furthest thing. So I knew I wanted to work with athletes. Um, but I started off at the uh, Department of Wellness. And my primary role, I was a volunteer. Um, and I actually just text, text, texted my mentor during that time yesterday, Dr. Eric Cantola. Um, my responsibility was to conduct health risk assessments for our undergrad students. So what is a health risk assessment? Exactly. Height, weight, body composition, and cholesterol screening. There we go. So, we go. again, the furthest thing from um, NFL, combine prep, from working in the NBA, from working with MMA athletes, um, but I made the big time where I was. It's like, okay, mm-hmm. so there's something to be gained here. Uh, what am I learning? Well, number one, you're learning how to conduct health risk assessments. Number two, you're learning, like, how to develop interpersonal skills. Mm-hmm. You're learning how to communicate, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, And a, and a health risk and a health risk, uh, what's it? Assessment. Assessment. That's so helpful even if you're not in your field because – you can just tell if somebody's basically healthy or not. If they've got something going on, that's so useful. So what are you learning? Number one, a skill to help just how, you know, help life go on on a very basic level. You know, if you have somebody in your family get hurt or something, you can help in that way. Right. Exactly. I just noticed. I was like, what, what am I learning? 
and then you moved over it because like that's such an integral part of how you make decisions. Exactly. What am I learning? Exactly. That is so important because young people watching this don't know what they want to do. Right. So okay. if you start okay. by what am I learning? Right. And it's totally okay. Right. But start with what am I learning? And that's a great thought. Exactly. From there, I got into, um, well, I was offered a position. So within like a semester or so, I did what I was supposed to do and, uh, got offered a position to help out with employee wellness, like as a personal trainer. So at OSU at that time, we had Step Up, Cowboy Challenge, and Sweat. And so um, Step Up is just like the introduction to exercise for employees at OSU. Mm -hmm. Cowboy Challenge is like the right in the middle, intermediate, right? So you've been training for a little bit. You want to be pushed just a little bit. Nothing too intense. But Sweat is like high-intensity interval training. (laughs) These are like OSU Former athletes are now employee staff, and so yeah, they're they're, um, they're grilling. They're, you, they're grill, yeah. So they're ready to work, and so I. Uh, so that was the next step in my career. Like again, I can't see like too far forward, but I know like okay. So I started off health risk assessments. Now I'm training, not necessarily athletes, but I'm training. Okay, yeah, yeah. And so um, did did what I was supposed to do. Um, Make sure to do a really, really good job. Make sure to build really good relationships, high-quality training, um, standard of excellence through and through. And then I got a uh, email phone call from our director um, there at the Department of Wellness. He was director of personal training. Said, hey, I have an individual I'd like for you to meet. Can you be here Thursday, 5 a.m.? Like, sure. And so I uh, went to meet this individual. Um, they wanted me to do, like, a sample, like, testing and assessment. So we did body composition. We did flexibility. We did uh, muscular endurance. And then I took him through a light workout. And he was uh, on the police force there at OSU. And um, he had mentioned, you know, some opportunities for us to work together to increase the fitness um, yeah. of the officers. And so I did that for about a year and a half. Um, yeah, and so wow, so yeah, all right. all right, so yeah, this time I'm progressing through my master's, going into my PhD, right? And um, it comes full circle again because I meet a PhD student who's in her third, fourth year, and she's a strength coach for cheer and dance. And so we start up again, we do some um, flexibility assessments, just some basic things, right? Um, and that progresses. I know it's supposed to be three minutes, but um. It's, it's, it's the story. Kind of how it goes. Yeah. yeah. Um, Fine. I'm here for it. And so she, she ends up graduating, and the spirit team, they get inherited by the strength coach who's over soccer and equestrian. And so I'll go meet with her. Um, so Chantel Coleman, if you're out there, appreciate you. She gave me a shot with the uh, spirit team. She's now with Oxfit, and she's phenomenal. And then Mallory Falks. Is who I went to go meet with um, to talk about like how we can continue to work with spirit, um, cheering dance athletes, keep them healthy, keep them training. Yeah. But I noticed that she has some sports science technology in her office um, during our meeting, and they're called Polar Team Pros. And so I kind of pointed it out. She's like, "You're familiar with these?" I'm like, well, I watched a YouTube video on them once, so I would say I'm an expert. You know, just joking. No, not an expert. No, that's what I do too. I watch three <laughs> golf YouTube videos, you know, and I'm like, "Hey, you're pretty much. A I pro. am an expert. If you don't listen to me, much, you're stupid. You're right? Pretty much a pro." And exactly. uh, she's like, "Well, um, we have about three years worth of data in the cloud that we haven't really touched. We haven't really explored. If you like, we can get you access. Like, what? Absolutely. Three years. Three years worth of data. And um, in 2019, they won the Big Twelve. 
um, conference championship. They have produced multiple All-Americans, multiple all-conference performers. So there's a ton of value in this data, right? Yeah, so yeah, if you can totally. take data from a successful period of time, you can scale up, you can scale down. You just have yeah. to have that data. And so yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. that was my next role, director of sports wow. science with OSU Women's Soccer. So I went from working from free, and I'm still working for free at this time, but just with a title, you know, um, to working with <laughs> women's soccer. Um, so it was fantastic. I learned a ton. Um, the coaches were so welcoming. The athletes were so welcoming, warm, receptive. And so that really started my professional career, I would say. Um, yeah. So – yeah, I did that, and then the next step was Washington State. I took an internship, so I'm in my – completed my third year of my Ph.D., going into my last year. Right. And um, I could have took the summer off. I could have kicked my feet up. Right. Um, instead, I saw saw an Instagram post, Washington yeah. State University football, looking for interns um, with an emphasis on sports science. You'll get to work with Catapult, which is a really, really um, – big sports science tech company oh, okay. in the field. You get to work with like velocity-based training, et cetera. And so um, I reached out, applied, and within a couple days I had a phone interview. And they're like, yeah, you're, 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 you're the guy if you want to come out. And yeah. so went out there for nine weeks, um, no pay, 12. Nine six, weeks. Nine weeks. So um, how are you – where's your money coming from? Well, I'd saved, you know. Okay, okay. Um, financially responsible so I'd, I'd always save some money up and i kind of knew wow and, all right yeah so and you're like 23 24 25 so at this time because you did that for a year and a half over at that other spot yeah i'm 26 26, 26 at this time yeah 26, okay yep so that was 2019 um so yeah i'm 26 at this time and uh yeah i mean long days but just kind of part of the process and 100%. um got to learn from some of the greats, I consider them some greats. Dwayne Bradshaw, he's director of performance. Um, he had came in with a staff from Hawaii. So he's, at that time, I think he was 30 years old, 31. And he's a director of strength and conditioning for a Power 5 football team. Really? Yeah. So he, he's wow. at another level. He's now with wow. Exos, um, which is a performance center. And they're uh, pretty well known for their preparation for, like, NFL combines, NFL really? drafts. They have some of the top draft classes. So shout out to Coach uh, Bradshaw for his mentorship. Also met like Coach Finley, Coach Salwasser, Coach Salt, Coach Gerasio. All these guys have been at the highest levels yeah. for a long time. Yeah. Um. So, so you're up there at Washington, Washington State for State, how long? There for the summer for nine. Okay. Weeks right. Unpaid. And get there unpaid and get straight to work. And um, I'm a year away from having a PhD. Right. A okay. year away from, um, quote unquote, being like an expert in the field based right. on my education. Right. But got up at 4 a.m. just like everybody else, Dang. helped set up the fields, helped carry weights, helped carry out sleds, all those things, um, helped train athletes. Back-to-back two-hour sessions, we had three. Um, wow. Um, so so I did that, grew a ton, and um, was like, okay, I need to go back finish my Ph.D. Yeah. Because I need to figure out career-wise what I'm going to do, but I can right. never do that unless I finish this big, looming thing. So went back to OSU – and really, really tried to get in with their football staff, but kind of missed the cutoff date because fall camp had started up and I didn't have enough time. But um, September um, of 2019, let me think. No, September of 2021, yeah, is when I got an email from Oklahoma City Thunder. Um, I had applied to them in the past for like a performance science associateship. 
And um, so we, we've got your information, and we'd love, you know, to meet with you, breakfast interview. Breakfast interview went phenomenal. And, again, I'm from OKC, so you could imagine, like, holy crap, things are coming, like, full circle. Yeah. Now. Like, yeah. I'm working. I'm getting ready to work for the Oklahoma City Thunder, hometown team. Like, Dude, you're. Like, you can't draw it up any you're better. You're right on the edge, man. You can't man. draw it up the any better. The next step, you could, you could fall to your demise. Exactly. Or you could be on top of the world. Exactly. Exactly. In so. your own, in, in your life, you know, right. just like, you know, you're not, you're not, you know, in charge of anything really like you're not the president or anything but this is the top of the the world for you right for where i am right, right then at that time is. and uh dude being in the hometown yeah having having that kind of excitement you've yeah. seen it all your life and right. then saying dude i could be on in the meetings man exactly oh my god exactly so that's insane what a feeling yeah so that went well and um yeah so i worked for thunder uh, 2021 NBA season, specifically their G League affiliate, the OKC Blue. Okay. Um, so got some great experience there. And, um, yeah, I mean, surreal experience. You Unreal. Know? You, I mean, you can't put it into words. But so much, like, it should happen to a guy like you. And I appreciate like, that. It sh- it, if it was going to happen to anybody yeah. who got the job, right, dude, right. it should have been you. And I've only known that. you for 45 minutes. Hey, man, I appreciate that. Dude. Appreciate that. That's huge, and, man. Uh, Dude, so talk to me about talk to me about kind of the mindset. We'll fit. We'll finish though. Finish yeah, yeah. Though. So how? Oh, oh. So, so um, the next few pieces go by pretty quick. Um, so I start consulting with Les Spellman and Spellman Performance. Um, Spellman, if you're out there, appreciate you. He gives me a shot. Um, and I'm still finishing up my PhD, so I'm getting these great opportunities, right? And I'm still finishing up PhD, consult with Les, work with him, help him sort through all this data that's coming in to make um, decisions, right, mm-hmm. on how we can enhance performance uh, for athletes preparing for the NFL Combine. That year we had four selected in the top ten of the Combine and six drafted in the first round. Names like Aiden Hutchinson, right, second pick overall in the first really? round. Yeah, Angel, wow. Evan Neal. Names like Charles Cross, names like Trevor Penning. Names I don't like watch any Dutton. basketball, but, but somebody's okay. like, it's "No fo- way!" It's football, but oh, okay. Um, <laughs> um, but but those are those are, Josh, those are right. some of the big names, and so that was a great experience. And um, after that, finished up PhD, helped with founding um, OSU's Golf Research Innovation Performance Center, and then I saw an opening. Here, Nebraska Kearney. Yeah. Um, How'd you see that opening? Uh, just on a job board, like okay. an academic job board. Yep. And yep. I knew uh, their director of strength condition at the time was my strength coach when I was in college. Yeah. One of the football coaches had recruited me out of college. Yeah. And I had been in the area. It's like, oh, this is perfect. Like, going back home, get to work with uh, somebody who inspired me to get into the field. And yeah, yeah. We also have a youth strength conditioning program there, low performance. Um, we work with ages 8 to 18. It's like, wow, I'll get an opportunity to direct that. And so yeah. um, that huge. led me there. And, yeah, for the last year, I've really just uh, owned that position as much as I can. So I've been teaching undergraduate, yeah. graduate-level courses. Um, I've been directing local performance, collaborating with our athletics department for, like, performance science research. Um, yeah, and so – and training athletes, too, obviously, like working with right. Kearney Combat Sport Athletes, but also I did a uh, NFL Pro Day prep all on my own. So I wrote out the program, trained the athlete, did speed training, tested it in the system, 
took him out to Lincoln, and he performed well. Um, Somebody that plays at UNK? Yeah, he just wrapped up last year, um, Sione Tofalele. Um, So outside linebacker, be on the lookout for him. Very Um, nice. Shout out to him. Shout out to him. <laughs> so, yeah, I've been doing a little bit of everything and still head down, grinding, work ethic. and uh, Dude, always. Had a, had it's a great literally always with yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, great opportunities. And here in a few weeks, I'll be headed to University of Kansas to kind of continue on with my work just, I guess – on a bigger stage, yeah, maybe, yeah. yeah. So I'm going so. into your Instagram. I'm not not listening. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're I'm going into your fine. Instagram because I wanted to read a specific post that you made that was two years ago that I'm still like blown away. Let's see, it's the one with all the uh, green check marks. Okay, so okay, so just going off of what you said. Always keeping your head down, always grinding. Right now, you're moving into the next area of life at Kansas. Right. And what's the official title again? You just said it, but I want to hear it. So I will be a tenure track assistant professor. Tenure track assistant professor. Yes. It's fantastic. Two years ago, he put out a post just kind of like documenting what he's been doing in life, right? 10 undergraduate, graduate-level courses taught, 25 conference posters presented, 14 manuscripts contributed to the development of youth Olympic-level athletes, self-made, self-taught professional sports scientist, charter member for some super special cowboy golf, cowboy girl golf, founded Total Health Cancer Optimizing Recovery Endeavor, two SNC certifications, two degrees, and graduate-level stat certificates, secured a tenure-track position. This was two years ago, dude. Two years ago. Every... Four months, you're updating your resume. <laughs> what is the driving force behind constantly doing things? Um, And I've had this conversation, too, you know, and I think that, like, true in life, true in sport, it's kind of easy to get caught up if you're chasing things, right? And I'm not a big chaser. I just think about the impact I can have, right, through the work that I'm doing. So my big motivating force this last year, um, and I'm, like, super like grateful. I think gratitude is important too that I've had an experience or the opportunity to work with like Carney, Nebraska youth um, through strength and conditioning. Um, it's just like, how can we impact the next generation? Um, whether it's research, whether it's teaching, um, whether it's getting involved in these different organizations. Um, and that that's really like my, my driving force is like, okay, we have to leave it better than we found it. Somebody, somebody's got to do it. I don't want to be I don't want to quote David Goggins, but somebody's got to carry the boats, right? Hey! You know, like somebody, somebody's got to do it. Um, somebody has to take this thing to the next level. Not that you have to be an overachiever, but just do things well. No, right? 100%. Man, that's beautiful. But even back before you were working with youth or knew that you might be working with them, you were always doing stuff. Always. So yeah. what's inside of there, dude? What kind of ticker you got? Why are you always going? Is that just how how your parents raised you? Like, be doing something, be busy. Just be, like, if you're going to do something, do a good job. Okay. You know what I mean? Um, So, I grew up in a blue-collar family, so we didn't have a ton of, like, additional income Mm -hmm. to spend on, like, oh, you want to do travel sports? Oh, you Mm want to do this? Sure, go have fun. You'll get a participation award. And I know if we're going to do it, you're going to do it. You're going to go to practice. You're going to train. You're going to make sure you're in the bed. You're going to – if you're going to do these things, then you're going to do it well. 
So I take a lot of my work serious. Like I've just started to like ease up and relax a little bit more, um, especially like working with like youth athletes and different athletes. You have to be a little bit more relaxed. But uh, um, I take things like really, really. So if I'm going to pursue a Ph.D., then I need to own every single aspect of what comes with that. So whether it's like teaching, whether it's like research, whether it's presenting abstracts, whether it's publishing manuscripts. Right. Um, if yeah. I want to do it, I want to be the best. Right. And it's not 100%. really a competition yeah. between me and somebody else. It's just me and me. Like yeah. you versus you. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Um, somebody might hate me for saying this, but, you know, a lot of kids go through college and they're kind of just trying to get the degree. Yeah. They're trying to get through. You yeah, know? I know. They're trying, to, they're trying to fight. And college is hard. But you're not one of those guys that cheated through classes. No. Some of them were. Yeah. I'm just saying, this is what happens when you don't, okay? You got things going on constantly. Um, dude, these kids here in Kearney, I know, are looking up to you in a huge major way. Because small town kids, dude, Yeah, you've got anybody coming from the outside. I mean, I'm sure you've talked to Brant about it a little bit. I'm sure we're going to have an interview and talk to him about it more. But they look up to you, man. Man. They love you. And I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Um, it's important, dude. Yeah. You, you get it. These kids are the future. Yeah, yeah that's we what, gotta that's, have them. We gotta have them in this in this building. So that's the next. It's next generation. That's what it's all about. And like, I'm very adamant, and I'm an advocate for like all of our strength coaches. Like, I've mentored several of our undergrad students, and we've developed this pipeline. But at the end of the day, like, we have to get really, really good coaches. We have to have really good people working with our youth, right? And they see they some of them didn't believe me whenever I would explain to them, like, hey, these kids are really observant. So you have yeah. to be mindful of how you carry yourself. Yeah. You have to be mindful of the message that you're sending, mm -hmm. the tone that you send it in, right? Mm -hmm. And the same thing with people in general, but you just see it more with kids yeah. because they will repeat after you. Mm -hmm. They will pick up your behaviors, and if mm -hmm. it's not a positive behavior, mm -hmm. right, mm -hmm. um, then and you see that on display. It's like, oh, wow. Mm -hmm. So um, I would say thank you to the kids, right, because oh, you yeah. made hey. not only myself but our students – so yeah. much better. Like, we've yeah. grown so much. Like, wow. Yeah, yeah. Why are you so humble, dude? I don't know. <laughs> you know. You're just um, so, you're so friendly to talk yeah. to. This is the most fun I've had in weeks. Like, you know, I've been a lot of places. Why are you so humble, man? Been a lot of places. Seen a lot of people. And my sister, she makes fun of me all the time. Cause I have, okay, he's I got have a healthy like, amount of bullying in his yeah, life. Yeah, you, you know, you got to have a little balance. Um, <laughs> it's like I have a mixed bag of friends from all walks of life. So I never try to get... Um, too high. I had a college football coach, Tony Harper, um, that would say, don't get too high with the hot. Like, he would give us this yeah. pep talk before games. Yeah. Like, you know, it's going to be four quarters. You know, it's going to be all out. But, you know, mm -hmm. there's going to be highs. There's going to be lows. Don't get mm -hmm. too high. Yeah. Whenever, whenever you're up, don't get too high. Yeah. Um, and whenever you're down, if you have a bad play, next play, mentality. Yeah. Stay right in the middle. So yeah. I like to just kind of stay even killed. And I've also seen, you know, um, life through different lenses and kind of seen some friends go through some hardships, lost mm -hmm. some friends early. And it's like, yeah. wow, yeah. you know, so maybe if I'm more humble down to earth, maybe I can like build relationships. Maybe I can connect with people that mm -hmm. maybe I wouldn't, if I always wore like a suit Yeah, and I was only Dr. Johnson all the time. Right. I was never in the gyms or right. I was never in the community. So yeah. Yeah. Mm, dude, <laughs> I just want to be adopted by your family, dude. 
My gosh, can I just go over for dinner? <laughs> Dude, that's, that's, uh, I don't even know what the, the next question is. I'm just in awe. You know, I'm just sitting here. Um, Dude, you have you have fantastic perspective. So where do you think perspective uh, comes from for you? Because like you said, it's all over the place. You know, you've seen a lot of people. You've done a lot of things. You know, I know that you've been humbled because being being humble, you've been humbled. Right. So talk about maybe what kind of perspective somebody can go and try to, like, put themselves in to get humility. Do what hard, kind of situations do, do you want to be in do hard to get a good perspective? To do be hard humble? things. Do challenge hard yourself. Things. Don't take it easy. Um, you know, there, there are going to be times, and it's what I tell, like, our undergrads and grad students at UNK is, like, you're going to be glad that you did. That's kind of, they probably get sick of hearing it, but I'm like, you're going to be glad that you did. Like, our grad students, um, they just went through, like, a heck of a June. Like, they had, we've got them set up where they're at Kearney Catholic High School in the morning from 6 to 8 a.m., and they're running that weight room. Um, now, the backstory behind that is we've created this pipeline, right, where you come in as an undergrad and you volunteer with local performance, and you start to get a feel for training, and then you start to build confidence training, right, um, training youth athletes, and then the next step up um, is like an internship. Mm-hmm. So now you're completing it for credit, right, mm-hmm. for hours. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. now at this point you've completed around anywhere from 500 to 70, 750 contact hours training, being wow. in a training environment. Wow. Then the next step is that you go to a local high school and now you're prepared to run the weight room. So um, our grad students, shout out to them. Um, they accepted the challenge and they were there in that weight room from 6 to 8 a.m. They took a summer class from like 9 a.m. until 1 p.m. or 9 a.m. until 12.30 p.m. Mm-hmm. And then they came back and they trained our low-performance kids from 2 p.m. to 5 p.m. Mm-hmm. And then we also have USA Basketball on Thursdays from mm-hmm. 6 to 8 p.m. So you can see um, that's, what, a 14-hour day for sure just yeah. working. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. and if you, yeah, I would say accept the challenge, do hard things, get out of yeah. your comfort zone. Um, yeah. Obviously, like, on the other side, take care of yourself. That's important, um, especially, like, mental health, physical health, spiritual yeah. health. Like, all those things, you have to be healthy. And yeah. you see it especially in the teaching profession and the coaching profession mm-hmm. where if you're not aligned well, mm-hmm. then you're going to break down. Yeah. Right? And it yeah. doesn't take long because the days are long. Mm-hmm. And if you don't love it, mm-hmm. right, and you're not yeah. passionate about it, it's just yeah. going to drain so much out of you. Day in, day out. Um, Ooh. Takes a lot, but that that's that's how you gain perspective. Is you have to do the thing. Um, obviously, reading about it and watching documentaries right. that gives you a little perspective. It can prepare you, but there's nothing like actually jumping in and doing it. Um, yeah, even yeah. if you don't know what it is. Yeah, if you're interested in something, right? Yeah. you're yeah. passionate about something like this. Yeah. Strength conditioning, uh, performance enhancement, sports science. Like, I can do it for free. I've done yeah. it for free yeah. for a long time, and long. I can just get up and boom, go do it. Yeah. Yep. There you go. Uh, dude, I mean, I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, everything that I've ever done in my life, it's just been, do I like it, and what am I learning, you know? But actually, for the past five years, probably. Before that, it was all just like, do I like it? <laughs> so the past five years has been that, and I've, I've I've gotten to the point where working for free, doing a couple things, you know, but like that took like a lot of like humility and like I had to like stop being 
prideful so, so much. So maybe somebody that has, you know, maybe we're going to give advice somebody right now that has an idea of what they want to do. They're doing it, but they're a little bit lazy and they know it. So how do you get them out of that lazy stretch? Because they know every day, man, tomorrow I got to wake up and you know, it's gotta, I gotta be different, bro. I gotta, I gotta be better. I'm not going to go anywhere in this, but they're still doing the same thing over and over or they're doing little things and not getting results. So how, how would we give that person advice on taking the next step? So I have two perspectives. And so fantastic. So one is like the realistic perspective, like Nike, like just do it right. You know what you need to do, get the work done. You know, like if this is really something that you're passionate about, something that you want to be great at or a field that you want to succeed in start today. You'll be glad that you did just do it. The other side is the more nurturing side, right? Because I know the message can be received differently. So some people are sensitive, right? Well, you know, um, some things that have helped me is like sitting down and writing out my goals, right? Like what are these big goals that maybe I never achieve them? Maybe I do achieve them, but it takes 20 years, but I know like, okay, I want to do this one thing. Or I want to do these things really, really well. Boom. So now you have something that is like visible, physical, tangible. Like you have your goal written down. Boom. Okay, now write. So make it, make it, make it touchable. Make, make it, touchable. it readable. Yeah, and start All working right. your way back step by step to where you are today. Right? Um, obviously be patient with yourself. You have to, you can't force it. That's something else. Like I just kind of respected nature whenever well, along this process, along this journey. So I never really, like, man, I really want to be in the NBA. Like, I never, like, that wasn't on my list, mm-hmm. right? That wasn't on my list of things. Man, I really want to be, like, Division One football. Like, that wasn't mm-hmm. really on my list. Um, but, like, take things, like, understand there's a process to it. And so as you're, like, defining these goals, I like, just understand. Like, okay, in the beginning stage, like, I had to build up some momentum, so I'm probably going to work for free. Or probably work for cheap, but that's not the goal mm-hmm. in the beginning, for me at least. It's getting that experience. Which is key to anybody that has a successful mindset. The money cannot be the motivator at the beginning at all. Right. For multiple years, it really can't be, <laughs> right. be the motivator at all. You have to believe in yourself and have a vision. Right. So, that's kind of, those are my recommendations. So, if you're if you're stuck or if you're unmotivated, but you're interested um, you want to be great at something. You want to be successful at something. Um, sit down, write your goals out. And even another step is maybe, you know, somebody in the field that you like to work in. Um, or you have somebody that you admire in the field. We have mm-hmm. social – right now we have more technology. People are more available than they've ever been. Mm-hmm. So there are emails, there are phone numbers, there's Instagram, there's mm-hmm. Twitter, there's mm-hmm. threads, there's Facebook. Like if there's somebody um, out out in the profession that you want to be in, like reach out. Yeah, you know. Yeah, you may not always get a response, but if you're doing your part and you're diligent, mm-hmm. then you're 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 sure to like break through. Mm-hmm. What does it say? Opportunity comes to those who are prepared. Yeah, is it, is that what they say? I don't know, say. man. I don't know. That's what they say. You texted it to me before <laughs> I showed up. I was like, I, I I'll say it if you want me to, but I don't know. Is that what they say? That's what they say. That's what they say, man. Just stay ready. Mm, that's interesting. I had a question. Do you have any questions? Do you have any thoughts? Um, questions for yourself. <laughs> questions for myself. Hey, Quincy. Yeah, Quincy. No, I'm kidding. Um, 
Yeah, I guess maybe what's your process been like? Because, like, with Rich, we hit it off because we're both, like, learners. So, like, I, I want to understand, like, what's your path been like and what's your process been like and how did you go from – a lot of people are interested in how do you go from A to Z. I'm really interested in how do you go from A to B yeah. and then B to C Boom. and then C to D. Because I know, like, okay, so how do we get these first few steps mm-hmm. and what did you do there because you can't mm-hmm. get to X, Y, and Z unless you, like, mm-hmm. go through A through D pretty well, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Dude, that's genius. That's what I was I was talking to Richard. Richard's such a good guy to know. If anybody needs somebody to maybe look up to or just have as a have as a friend, one, good luck getting him to text you back. But two, um find him. Because being being in touch with Richard, I was in touch with him a bunch of years ago. Seeing what he had going on here just made me want to be a part of it so much. That I was like, what am I going to do? Am I going to do, I was doing podcasts at that time, very low level, low level stuff and doing stand up comedy and stuff like that and trying to figure out what do I want to do. And uh, I came here and was like, I want to be all in for this, but I love this more. And then reconvening with him with a couple, a couple years later, not giving up on this, him not giving up on it, having matured, both of us, having talked to you now. There's a lot. There's kind of a theme here. The title might be work for free. Okay. Seriously. It kind of, it's kind of a thing that we've got going on in our lives and in this conversation. You just constantly, I mean, if the question was, what's my process up till this point in life, I'm at level one in my eyes, but I'm at like level five in a lot of areas, like level 10 at a lot of areas. There's just no title that comes with it. There's no mm. prize. There's no not yet accolades at all. Yeah, not yet. not yet, not yet, not yet. And I don't live for them. I don't want them. You know, keep them. What are they gonna do? I'm probably gonna forget about them because I got too much things going on. You know. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, up till now, it's pretty much been uh, work as much as you possibly can and figure out what you're good at. You know, mm-hmm. like I'm sure as you were going through your period of. You know, I see myself in this area, but what's going to be my thing? You know, at first you were kind of like not really jumping at every opportunity, but you were saying yes to things that you might not have said a couple years prior or if you had a different mentality. You know, you have a good, strong mentality, uh, an optimist's mentality, you know, hey, let's do it and see what happens. Exactly. Yeah. And I'm glad that I'm glad that I did because you develop a ton and I'm really big on doing things just from my parents saying still did like doing things the right way. Because if you do it right the first time, like later on down the road, if you have to reference or you have to work back like, oh, I worked with this team. Let me go back and look at programs I designed. Oh, it's organized. Oh, it's color coded. Oh, it has the dates. Oh, it has all these things. So now you don't have to. Like, man, when did I do this? And what was I doing? And, well, I was w- really working on, like, speed development, but I don't know how far I had them run. <laughs> and so, like, yeah, just, like, exactly, is saying yes to a lot of things, getting a ton of experience. And then um, – but there are a lot of people um, in my field, in the world, that really, really specialize, and I'm the opposite. I'm probably, like, a generalist, so I have a lot of tools in my kit. But at any time, like, I know – okay, I know how to use this tool. 
really yeah. well because I have really practical experience versus having one tool. Yeah. Only one tool. You only have like a screwdriver. It's yeah. a great screwdriver. It's a golden screwdriver, right. but all you can do is like screw, unscrew, you know. Um, <laughs> I have a tape measure. I have a hammer. I have, I have all kind of stuff in that bag. Here you we know? go. And so same thing for you, right? So you're developing. That's awesome. I'm, I'm happy for you. I don't know a ton, ton of your story, but I, I, I'm happy for you. Hey, thanks, man. Yeah, it's been a ride. I tell you what, you know, to to quote the uh, the great Crystalia life rips, baby. <laughs> um, yeah, man. I don't know. I think being grateful is like just having gratitude is like a huge. Uh, I think it's a propeller. Mm-hmm. I think it's literally a propeller, because if you have the hammer, the tape measure, the pencil, the level. You, the other screwdriver, two screwdrivers, but you have a bad attitude. Yes, like that. You'll see that guy in in you'll that guy's everywhere. That guy does go places. That guy goes places. I tell you what, you got to deal with him all your life. Yep, you just don't want to be him. And dealing with him, I think that you can change him. You can help him a little bit, but turning into someone that has a bad attitude but is the best is I think it's one of my, one of my nightmares, huh? Do you you have a little bit of a a scared mentality when you think about being like, you hear about people talking about, Oh, you know, you don't get to the top unless you rub elbows, you know? Like, do you have a little bit of fear of getting, uh, maybe just a negative mindset or adopting certain things from other people that you see? I'm sure you don't really worry about it too much because you're a positive guy, but, like, is that a little bit of a thing in your head? Well, yeah, you think about a lot of things. Um, and, again, it's, like, perspective. Um, so, like, 10 years ago, if I were doing, like, things that were not good, right, then it would catch up to me now, right? So you can you can have these characteristics. You can have these person. You can have whatever your perspectives right whenever you're building up but at some point like you can't hide it so if you're not like positive if you're not disciplined if you're not all these things right it'll really and so i think that's a like rational fear for like just people like you're in the entrepreneur space and you're in business for yourself or um i'm in academia i'm in higher education it's always like well for me at least um because i'm first generation too so i don't have like parents that have been professors Mm -hmm. um i don't know like the landscape and i don't know what it looks like so it's like Mm -hmm. all right so i have to be careful i need to be mindful Mm -hmm. i need to have you know a good perspective and a good feel of the room that i'm going in all those things so Mm -hmm. i think it's i think it's realistic that you kind of have some fears Mm -hmm. um maybe not fears but just maybe you're more cautious like okay how do i carry myself and how do Mm -hmm. i yeah what what's my I guess my mood, what's my energy like? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's a big thing too is being I have conversations like this all the time, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. All the time. And we related a ton. I related a ton to training cuz that's the environment I'm in, but you know, um I'll get some students just a couple weeks ago, Dr. Johnson, man, it's Monday and <laughs> man, on the Monday <laughs> Like, man, it's Monday. It's the best day of the week. Yeah. Change your thinking, you know, like, and Change especially it. like, yeah, it's it's a ripple effect, you know. So people don't realize it, but communities 
like are built that way or go down that way, like, oh, you have a lot of negativity. Oh, you have a lot of bad perspectives. Be optimistic. It'll work out. It'll be good. Today's a great day. Today's the best day ever. Boom. Yeah. Boom. Do you have bad days? Everybody has bad days. I have bad ass parts of my day, but I have to sit down and ask myself, was it really a bad day? Are you overreacting? Think about think about how far you came. Think about where you are. Is it really that bad? You know, and uh, I give myself, some people give themselves like 24-hour rules. I give myself a 12-hour rule. Like, we're not going to be, we're not going to be upset, you know. Oh, okay. That, you know, so. So, so, you, so yeah. why did you give yourself 12 hours? Uh, Just to be different than everybody? 24 is way too long, right? Okay, like. Too long to be angry can, at if something? If you can fix it, if there's a solution, let's come up with a solution. Um, and I'm also where I'm a thinker. So if I give myself too long, then I'm just going to overthink and then mm-hmm. I'm going to. Yeah. So um, 12 hours. If there's a solution, find a solution within 12 hours. Try to get it fixed. If it's not, you can't control it, then you can't control it. On yeah. to the next thing. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. You don't have bad days. No bad days. You don't have bad days. When you have this mentality, you don't have bad days. You have bad things that happen in a day. Right. You have rough times during the day. You don't have a bad day. You just don't. Right. right. <laughs> like, when was the last time you could, like, 100% say, like, that was a bad day? Been a while. Been a that's while. a blessing, though, you know. Been a while. That's a, that's a blessing. That's no, a blessing. No bad days in a while, so. Mm. Because there are, I think there are bad days. Yeah. yeah <laughs> Some days yeah. you just look at it and go, man, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't handle. When I have a bad day is when I know I didn't handle any of the situations correctly uh, or the way that I wanted to. Because right. when things happen, that's kind of how it goes. Right. But the way you handle it is everything. Right. That's the only way that I'll have a bad day. Right. Is when I look back on it and go, dang, I didn't, I didn't handle that the way that I would have liked to. Something that helps me a ton is just kind of like, well, I did this for my, during my PhD, I gave a presentation and we were looking at like, for me, my topic was um, like sports psychology and like some of the best athletes, like what do they do? And they practice like positive imagery, mental visualization, Mm -hmm. positive self-talk, mental preparation. And so something that's helped me a ton because again, like, Outside of my mentors, I don't have too many people to prepare me for higher mm-hmm. education. It's like I try to sit down and, like, visualize, like, different scenarios and, like, try to prepare. Like, huh, okay, I'm getting ready to start up another week. I'm getting ready to work with these students. I'm getting mm-hmm. ready to work with mm-hmm. these colleagues. Mm-hmm. What, what are things that can go well? What are things that can go not so well? What are questions that might be asked? What might come up? And at least in my mind – I've already faced it one time, so that way, who knows what can happen whenever you're, you know, having conversations, conducting business, whatever it is, at least you've thought about it. It's Mm -hmm. like, okay, Mm -hmm. all right, I knew they were going to ask that, Mm -hmm. or I knew they were going to respond that way, or I knew they wouldn't accept, you know, my perspective on this. That's okay. I've, I've already been through those emotions, whatever I felt, I can adjust and address mm-hmm. it accordingly. I don't know if you do that at all, but I yeah, figure that's, that's visualizing. <laughs> this guy's got the playbook, dude. Stop cheating on the test, man. Gosh darn, I'm trying to get you stuck. No, that that was perfect. That was beautiful. Exactly. You visualize your day before it even happens. Yep. 
Last night, I, I went to bed at like 2 a.m. because I'm just laying there, like visualizing, like, okay, if I can't get this to work, what do I do? If this goes down, what happens? If he's late, what, how do I handle that? If I'm late, how do I handle that? How many alarms do I have set? 15? Okay. You know, you're visualizing it before it happens. Right. So that when someone, maybe your boss comes up to you and says, hey, you didn't get this done, but maybe you did. You just got to explain to them a little bit. Hey, boss, I did. Yep. Look, it's done. And, you know, but if you don't visualize that, then you might say, who are you talking to? <laughs> you know? So that's beautiful. Yeah. Visualizing, visualizing maybe how something could go right and how something could go wrong both ways. I think that you, you find yourself in the happy medium. Yep. You find yourself where you want to be in the perfect little slot. Yep. Exactly. Mm-hmm. How do you uh, stay in shape? Me and Richard talked a lot about food a couple of weeks ago. We had we had a brunch together, and uh, both of us have had a little tummy tummy ache problems. Hmm. <laughs> he had a, he had a heart attack a little while ago, right? And I had what I think I have what I think is a stomach ulcer. Stress, stress induced, not enough sleep, not enough eating. Yeah, just a busy lifestyle all uh, culminates yeah. and does what it does, you know? Yeah. So it woke me up a little, and now we're on some nutrition kick. But, um, yeah, how do you stay healthy? Because you look like a tank. Thank you. You Appreciate look like that. you could start for the Baltimore Appreciate Ravens right Appreciate now. Ed. that, man. Oh. <laughs> You'd hit that A-gap, son. Oh, man. Move some people, man. dude. So you look healthy. How are you staying healthy, you well, know? I'm, in the, I'm you around eating? the weight room. All the time, um, I, but I don't have a ton of time because now I'm more in an administrative role, and now I have to be the boss, and now I have to do these things. And so I um, I started doing these, they're called cluster sets. Anyway, I try to work out at least like four to five times a week, mm-hmm. but they're not like two-hour workouts. Mm-hmm. Um, whenever I'm competing or if I'm preparing for a competition, those are like two-hour workouts. Mm-hmm. Um, because it takes a while, number one, once you're training, your mm-hmm. body's pretty beat up. Mm-hmm. So you have to show up and you have to warm up on the bike and you have to mm-hmm. foam roll, do your mobility. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then, like, if I'm doing heavy squats, um, like my top sets whenever I'm really, really training mm-hmm. on squat or beef, like five singles at, like, 585 to 600 pounds wow. with no more than three minutes rest. And so to work up to 585, like you have to do 135, Mm -hmm. 185, Mm -hmm. 225, 275, 315, 345. Mm -hmm. And so you see how much time. All the way up. Yeah. uh, I try to get in um, at least three to four like resistance training sessions a week, at least on the top end, it's going to be five. So, Mm -hmm. Um, I'll do lower body, upper body, lower body, upper mm-hmm. body, kind of mm-hmm. that way, and then get a little cardio in. Pretty much all resistance training? Um, Pretty much squat, bench, deadlift. Yeah. Um, I'll add in some some type of jump, some type of plyometric exercise. Okay. Jump ropes then or box jumps? or Like box jumps. Yeah. Like box jumps, and then like an Olympic lift variation. That's good enough for a me. A little clean or something? A clean, or what? that's it, or a yeah. little push press or a jerk. Yeah. yeah. Um, but other than that... That's what about it. eating? Eating. Um, that's the that's the bigger one for me right now. What am I putting in, you know? Usually like whole foods. Um, and so you have to be prepared. So I do a ton of meal prep. Like Boom. I'll do Boom. I'll do two breakfasts. So my first breakfast, yeah, will be like mm-hmm. two boiled eggs, like two strips of bacon, um, a banana, and then 
peanut butter, crunchy peanut butter on wheat bread. That's breakfast number one. First thing I hate about you, dude, crunchy <laughs> peanut butter. Crunchy just, peanut butter, I I'll just say. Start eating no, crunchy I'm just peanut butter. <laughs> You know, oh, there's um, still time. I can switch it back. I can a, switch him back. I'm not a lifelong crunchy peanut butter eater. Um, I just started eating it. Something new. And then now we're getting into the real questions, baby. <laughs> now we're heating up. Um, oh, and second breakfast is going to be oatmeal because you need carbs for mm-hmm. that long-lasting energy, mm-hmm. right, mm-hmm. Um, to get you through the day. And also, like, it's really good brain fuel, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think your brain weighs like 2%. Of your, it's like two percent of your body mass, but okay. consumes like upwards of sixty or seventy percent of your body's resources. So really, so you have to take care. You have to take care of yourself. Yeah. Mm. So if you feel like fatigued from doing like a lot of working, if you're grinding, mm-hmm. if you're trying to get through, like man, mm-hmm. um, I feel like I have a headache. Man, I feel tired. I mm-hmm. feel because your brain consumes a lot of your energy, especially like carbs, uh, sugars. Yes. So. I don't know if you knew that or not, but... Um, I mean, it makes sense it, that that it's going to go to your brain yeah. so fast because that's kind of what it likes, right. you know? It's sugar, it's right. bread, it's carbs, it's right. good, it's pasta, it's whatever that exactly. tastes good. Exactly. So your brain's going to take it real good, you know, yeah. as fast as it possibly can right. in a in a way that your brain can process it. Right. It just needs energy to keep doing the things and yeah. keep creating thoughts and keep making actions. And But sugar and carbs is a high, so it's you're going to come down if you're not feeding it more. right and if it's not whole foods right if it's not so if like, it's bad sugar if it's like right, the simple sugar right? right the simple sugar is not good right. for you you know yeah like in a lot um, of amounts and so if you do like breads if you do like pastas if you do oatmeals um those things are going to be better for you or even like orange juice like if you need something that's quick digesting like those mm-hmm. things those provide like carbohydrates which gets which gets broken down and stored in the muscle as glucose mm-hmm. gets sugar mm-hmm. yep mm-hmm. so um I make it through my two breakfasts and then for lunch, I've been doing like um, ground chicken lately. I kind of like that more than just like chicken breast. I used to do just chicken right. breast and veggies or chicken breast and rice. Right. So I'll do like ground chicken or I'll make like um, taco bowls. And so it has chicken, rice, beans, yeah. Yeah. corn. I don't Throw watch a together. ton of macros okay. right now because I'm not really training. But Right. Um, so I'll do two of those. And then usually protein shake, and that's pretty much my day. Yeah. So try to get in as many whole foods as I can. Yeah. Try to get in um, a really good breakfast yeah. in the beginning of the day. Yeah. Try to stay hydrated as much yeah. as I can. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. How much water are you drinking? Um, I, have a, I have like a tumbler there you go. that uh, it holds, how many ounces does it hold? Like 40 ounces, so Big I'll try to get through two of those, so like 80 ounces at least. Nice. A day, at least. Right. Um, and So that can differ. Right. So I know if I'm not doing a good job because that thing is still full from the time that right. I'm like, man, okay, let's slow down. Let's hydrate. <sighs> yeah. Take a couple deep breaths. But, right. you know, sometimes whenever you're working, it's just like. That's how it is. But, yeah, you guys, we all have to take <laughs> care of ourselves, right? Like, Yeah. Health, health is wealth. Oh, yeah. There's so much research that it's interesting if you're healthy and you're physically active as a youth or through adolescence or through teenage years, Mm -hmm. like you are pretty much protected against like a lot of the leading causes of mortality. Oh, yeah. And to older age. And if you're healthy up until like your 30s, then you're protected. So we have to. Yeah. Yeah. It's getting crazy. I've been learning about PFAS, little microplastics basically in everything huh. 
T-shirts, water bottles, anything that's processed a lot, PFAS. It's just microplastics, but it's terrible for you. It's a it's a global pollutant. They they just they they just uh, decided that it's a global pollutant. But actually, they didn't just decide that. They, it's it's kind of been a thing. Oh, so that's why I wanted to know what you're eating. Um, do you eat anything before bed? I try not to. Like two hours before bed, boom. Try not to, boom. Yeah. So uh, whenever I'm doing a good job, and it really just comes down to being prepared. Like, okay, yeah. if I can get out in front of the week yeah. and start prepping meals, and yeah. so that way. Um, and I joke a lot with like my colleagues and some of my students, like, like I prepare in advance. So mm-hmm. whenever I hit like Monday, it's just automatic. Everything is flowing like clockwork. Boom. Yep. Yep. So I, I do it to where I'm about two hours before bed is my last meal. I know some people that'll eat or they'll do a protein shake like right before they go to bed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Right. I mean, some, I, I don't think it makes a huge difference on a day to day, whether you're eating before bed. But I think over time, you're going to notice somebody that is eating before bed mm-hmm. just because your body digests so well during your during your sleep time. Right. But if you're stuffing it right before, right. it has more work to do. Right. And if it's unhealthy, because most people eat chips and snacks before bed, right. they're not really thing. conscious about like, you know, am I eating a bowl of blueberries yep. or something before bed? So at least it's like healthy, you know, they don't really care, you know, for the most part. Um but yeah, no, you're gonna, you're just gonna notice over time that the the person who's not eating before bed and who is prepping for their week right. is just overall more energetic and healthier. Healthier, yep. Um, yeah, that's been a big thing for me. I snack every night before uh. bed. <laughs> My bed's got crumbs in it right now. <laughs> it's so bad. It's not terrible, but like before I get in, I'm like brushing it away. I'm like, Come on, what's going on here? But for the past month and a half, it's really not been like that since my little tummy ache, you know? Yeah, well, good. Well, I wanted to talk to you about it because I've been golfing a lot and eating fruit, nuts, almost no dairy, um, anything to help antacid, acid reflux, anything to help, like, gut health in any way. Uh, basically, no red meat. Otherwise, tummy hurts, right? Um... Stuff like that, and then I've been walking almost every night before or after dinner. I'll miss some nights, and then I've been golfing a lot. And mm. you you know about golf a little bit, huh? A little bit, just a little bit. So, yeah, I wanted to make that a point to ask you about what are you eating? What are you putting in the tank? Yeah. Do you drink at all? Do you drink no, any alcohol? No. No. Listen, no. dude. Everybody drinks. Steve, Stone yeah. Cold Steve Austin has been drinking for years. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Don't drink. Why don't you drink? Because it's poison the brain. Like I'm more like conscientious of my brain now because yeah. I have to use it to do like my job. You know, like <laughs> whenever I was an it's athlete, funny how that works. I start I using athlete, my brain more, and I want to take care of it. Yeah, like when I was an athlete, like huh, okay. But like now, I'm like wow. Um, I have to. I use like a lot of mental bandwidth. Just to like make decisions throughout the day, mm-hmm. to create like lectures, to give lectures, to interact with. Yeah. So, yeah, like totally. I'm burning up a lot of energy, and oh, yeah. even with some of my colleagues in athletic performance space, they're like, "Yeah, um, we don't we don't drink," you know, especially during like this time of year because yeah. it just sets us back two, three, four days. We just can't recover. Exactly. Yeah. So exactly. No, you literally can't. I mean, you talk to any pro. 
uh, athlete, and they're like, we're not drinking at least three days before. Right. right. I think I listened to Clayton Kershaw talk on a podcast, and they were they were raising, they were razzing him a little bit about not drinking after the game, and he was like, I'm not drinking after the game, and I'm not drinking before the game. I don't care how big of a championship. Right. Yeah. I just don't want to. I want to feel everything that I feel in that moment, and I am excited enough without the alcohol. Right. You know, I think if they won, you know, if they win the World Series, I think he was like, yeah, I might, I might go a little bit. But as you get older right. and you keep progressing in your career, you, you just see, sharp. you, you see, sharp, oh, you yeah. got to be sharp. And you just see that more people, I mean, the, the best of the best, they're just not down. Right. They just don't want it. Right. The ceremony of drinking is what I've told goes yeah. away. Hey, everybody! Right. What are you drinking? Oh, it's cool, but it goes away. It goes away. It goes yeah. away. I don't. I don't. I can't. I can't really handle it anymore either. I used to have a big. You know, I had fun at twenty one. Right. I did way too many things I shouldn't have done. Right. And uh, got myself into a little bit of trouble. Got myself out of it. Good. Worked all the way through it. Good. Now I'm here. It's all good. But. That was like the thing that kicked off my tummy ache was I had a, a good night of drinking by all means. Uh, like by all means, it was a good night of drinking. Right. Didn't drink too much. Didn't, you know, wander the streets. Didn't call anyone, right. you know, didn't yeah. text any exes, all that stuff. But the next morning I, I woke up and had like a, a weird reaction. Mm-hmm. It's kind of gross, but I'll just be transparent. I threw up blood. So I Googled it, you know, do I, th- Why? Why did I do that? Yeah. And after cancer, you have two days to live. It yeah. was, <laughs> I think you have a stomach ulcer or gastritis or something. Okay. So I've been, I completely, cha- I'm pretty much on like a plant-based diet and then I'll eat chicken or I'll try, I tried a burger, you know, I had one with Richard the other day. It's just, my stomach is super sensitive, sensitive. so I can do it. But then after it's like, I'm totally noticing how fast I'm going to the bathroom. Yeah. Uh, you know, if I'm just gurgling all day or if it sits in my throat, throat and kind of yeah. has some heartburn, yeah. I'm like, dude, I'm 25. Right. I called my dad. yourself. Yeah. Seriously. Like that's the next, that's like the cheat code. And there's so much research coming out on like sleep, um, and what lack of sleep does. Like it's mm. almost worse than like drinking mm. alcohol. That's Actually, the next, that's the next like question. How much are you sleeping? Yeah. I try to get seven to nine hours. Um, there's some cool research, too, on, like, banking sleep. So if you're about to go through a very stressful period and you know, like, okay, we're about to make a sprint, we're about to push to make it through the next level, it's going to be some four- to six-hour nights of sleep. So you can start off, like, two weeks Wait, what do you mean? Why? Like, So, wait. So you have a stressful event coming up. Coming like up. Like a competition. You start off, like, two weeks before that and you sleep a little bit more, even – as few as three days before that, and you sleep for eight, nine, ten hours, okay. and most of your sleep should come at night, but if you're able to get it through naps, mm. and then you go through that period, you make it through, it's still going to be stressful, but it's less harmful to your body systems. Mm-hmm. 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 Yep, so I try to get, my goal is like in the bed by nine o'clock, ten o'clock, mm-hmm. like do my little wind down routine. Mm-hmm. Um, What's that look like? Some because I know most people just put on the TV and fall asleep to that. Yeah, you know better. Yeah, what's your little routine? Um, read, journal. Yeah, just cut off TV, phone on, do not disturb. Boom. Yep. Um, 
So that way, no blue light, just natural light or whatever, yeah. little LED light. And right. Read, relax, wind down, stretch a little bit sometimes. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah. Like sleep is a cheat code. Oh, it's a cheat. It's a superpower. Yep. Oh, my goodness. That's, it's it's been huge in my life. I mean, the nights that I notice, especially before as I would drink or maybe smoke a little too much for myself, you know, just tired all the time. All the time. Just tired all the time. And it's hard to get caught up once you fall behind, then now your oh my sleep gosh. cycle is off, and now you're getting sleepy later. Or you have those then, crashes. Yeah. Or you, you know? just crash out. I was like, whew. You got weeks of I need going. A nap. Yeah. 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 You come home after work one day and it's six o'clock at night and you go to bed and you wake up at 4 a.m. You just went to bed sober. You didn't eat anything and you still wake up and you're like, I feel better than I felt in weeks. But like this cannot continue. Right. Right. You know, get your rest, get your sleep and do it sober. Yep. What's the benefits of doing sleep sober for your REM cycle? Uh, Keeps it more natural. So um, alcohol has a rebound effect. So even though you may sleep. Go to sleep, pass out, blackout, whatever, drunk, you're not hitting your rim. You're not getting into deep, restorative sleep, actually. Mm-hmm. You know, you're asleep, but you're never, like, your body's never restoring itself. Now, why is um, that? And so what happens is that pretty much the way that your body processes alcohol in your system is that it still has a lasting effect, more or less. You know what I mean? Right. Um, like, so you, like though, it'll stay in your blood it'll for stay a little in your while. Blood, right. Um, and so you're... Spending more energy trying to digest and push out that blood or push out that alcohol through your blood. Um, so instead of energy going towards like, wow, let's let's take some glucose and put it back in the brain. Oh, he's trained today. Let's repair that with protein. Right um, now, all your energy is going towards like, holy crap. You got all this alcohol. We have to digest this. Right. And Doesn't it turn into glucose? Doesn't it turn it into glucose? Yeah, but it works so hard, so hard to convert it to glucose. That it's just like the more you put, right? The yeah. more you put in, the more yeah. harder your liver's working. Working, yeah. It's getting overloaded. Yeah, I found that out listening to a podcast. Shout out to Rich Roll, but it's insane. Yeah. So many people are like, "Oh, I just need to need to have a drink, relieve some stress." Yeah, it's literally the opposite. You're creating more work for your body. body. Yep. And you're not relieving any stress, just momentarily for your own little brain, you know, your own little dopamine rush. Right. Exactly. And it's not like I'm hating because I told you, I had fun. I got into trouble. I did the whole thing. But we learn, right? That's why we're here. I want to learn from a doctor. I want to talk to him about stuff. We are at an hour and 13 minutes. I know you got somewhere to go. So do I. Yeah. I could stay here for another Seriously. day and a half. Seriously. Taking too much of your time, and I appreciate oh, you. Oh, I appreciate you. Man, it's a good time meeting you. Uh, what are you doing this Saturday? Uh, I'll be in Vegas presenting research. Oh, man, of course you are. <laughs> Everybody's working on the weekend. Haven't you heard? Yep. <laughs> I'm golfing this Saturday. I never take Saturdays off, but I'm golfing. Off. Enjoy it. <laughs> Enjoy it. Gotta, I was going to ask him. I was going to ask you if you want to go golf. And I appreciate that. Oh, of course. I appreciate that. Yeah, if I were here, I would, but. That's all right. So you're in Vegas presenting for what now? Presenting research at the National Strength Conditioning Association National Conference. So, uh, so yeah, it's uh, some data that we collected with UNK Athletics. So we worked with football, volleyball, men's and women's basketball, soccer, and golf. 
and uh, essentially looking at how they jump, produce power, and how it differs between sports. So I'll really? uh, I'll have a poster up, and um, I'll present our findings on that. Very nice. Yeah. Very nice. Have you? Last question: Have you done any research on like where the fastest people in the world come from? Uh, no, not necessarily, but we do know that like Olympic level sprinters, they have like, whenever we look at type one versus type two mm-hmm. muscle fiber composition, they're like 75% genetically. Uh-huh. So they have a genetic disposition, like a genetic advantage yeah. where they have 75% at least yeah. type two fast twitch muscle fibers. Yeah. So we know that, um, you can see, and that's like why I'm glad that I've had an opportunity to work with youth athletes is there are some kids that you can look and say, yeah, you have it. Yeah. Like you have, you're fast, you're powerful, Yeah, but they're not managed well. Right. Mm, so whether yeah. it's parents or coaches yeah. and they overdo it yeah. and they're training and then like they never make it to high school, they never make it to college because they're overtrained. So, yeah. but I don't know. Do you know where the fastest? Well, I heard about it. I heard somebody talking. Uh, it was Brian Callen and Brendan Schaub. They were talking to a doctor or something on where the fastest people in the world come from, and it was, um, it was a Ni- it was a Nigerian doctor that they were talking to, and he, um, it was it's Nigeria, Nigeria, Nigeria. If you trace back like Usain Bolt's uh, uh, history and then the long distance, like it doesn't even matter. Like the fastest people are are from this like. They're from this tribe in, in Nigeria. Oh. Awesome. And there's a bunch of the small little tribes in Nigeria that are just, like, insane, insane. athletes. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. So, yeah. I found that out the other week, and I wanted to know if you knew anything about it, because I don't know enough. That's all I know. Yeah, I don't know. Like, the, the people from the islands are fast. Mm-hmm. You know, Bahamas, Jamaica. Right. Um, St. Vincent and the Grenadines, stuff like that. But, right. like, all of their lineage goes back to, like, these tribes. Over and, there. Yeah. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, it's crazy. I didn't know that. But, uh. Interesting. Yeah, dude. I don't want to wrap this up. Man, I know. <laughs> I know. All, all good things at the end. I know. I know. Hey, I just want to wish you good luck in the Thank future. You. And, uh, you know, head up, chin up. Dude, yeah. I believe in you, all right? Thank I'm, you. I after this that. hour-long talk, I'm going to think about things that you said for weeks, and I'm going to implement them into my life. Yeah. So I really appreciate this. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it as well. Mm. <laughs> Baby, it's been a good time. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been episode one of Carney Combat's Carney Combat Cavern, the podcast. Uh, that name might change, but it's all good. Shout out to Richard Barajas Productions, and you have been listening to an Ugly Franco uh, <laughs> Studios <laughs> development. I don't know. Thanks for coming, Dr. Quincy Johnson. Thank you for having me. You guys take it easy. <laughs>